Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains. I am your host for the Quick Brain Podcast and your brain coach, Jim Quick. And we are going to talk about unlocking new levels of flow, performance, and learning as we age. And this is a topic that comes up a lot in our community. Can we actually grow older, but in some ways actually grow better? Actually, this guest has been on probably more than any other guest. Uh, so we're really excited to have him back, Stephen Codler. Uh, many of you know, he's New York Times bestselling author, award-winning journalist, uh, executive director at the Flow Research Collective. He's authored somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 books. Thanks for being back, Stephen. Oh, it's great to be with you again, Jim. Let's jump right into this. Um, you know, Research shows that we can actually sustain high levels of performance later in life, later than most people thought. You have a brand new book, and it's called NAR Country. Why don't we talk about a little bit some of the findings you've had in the book? Uh, people, they, they know your story. And I'll link in the show notes links to your book, uh, links to our past podcast episodes. But you're, you're in your learning, right? I mean, you, you are a big researcher and you practice this. I understand that you've taken up a, a new uh, challenge. Well, when we go into that, the old theory of aging, right? Traditional theory of aging, which I know you don't subscribe to, but the long, slow rot theory, like all of our mental skills, all of our physical skills decline over the time. And there's nothing we can do to stop that slide, right? That's the old idea. As you know, for the past 20 years, people have been chipping away at different bits of it, right? And, and it's starting to fall. We and, and basically the general thinking now is all the skills we used to think uh, declined over time, both cognitive and, and, and physical, we now know our use it or lose it skills, right? And if you never stop using them, you never stop training them, as you pointed out, you get to hold on to them and even advance them much later in life than anybody thought possible. So that's ideas have been developing for a while, but there's one sort of old saw, you can't teach an old dog new tricks that's sort of hung on stubbornly for a while. And I've been studying peak performance aging for 20 years on and off in, diff in different guises. And oh, there was a whole bunch of stuff in, in my own field in flow science, in, in body cognition and in, in neural dynamics and a handful of other fields that I was looking at all the research and I said, you know, if this research is true, I should be able to learn a really impossible, difficult, physical, challenging activity in my 50s. At 53 is when I started this question. So I took a bunch of these ideas and I combined them together into a learning protocol and I used it to try to teach myself how to park ski at age 53. Now, park skiing, it's the discipline in skiing that involves doing tricks off jumps, on rails, on boxes, on raw rides. It's very, very acrobatic, very, very dangerous. And for about 13 different biological factors, it's considered pretty difficult to learn if you're over 30, 35. By the time you get to 45, it's nearly impossible. And once you get to 50 or where I started at 53, most people just think you're insane for trying. And the research said otherwise. So, you know, we, we combined it in a cool way. I uh, sort of made a list of 20 tricks that would cover like zero to intermediate. And okay. I figured if it, if it takes five years to pull this off, cool. It takes five years. It took me five years to learn something. I'm going to, you know, and I got there in, under a season. 
and it was so fast and I learned so quickly. It was shocking. And this was sort of like the world's most intriguing pilot study ever. We then took the same protocol. We ran 17 older adults, ages 30 to 68 through the same protocol. And in four days with this protocol, we also trained all of them up to bar ski. And you have to understand some of these people were intermediate skiers in their late sixties. And when we had a preliminary meeting, team meeting, they were like, there's, I have never left the ground in 50 years of skiing and I'm not going to start now. Like that kind of like really. And I was like, we went into that experiment. I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Like these people really don't seem into it. Like, okay, it's a, it's a definitely a good study group, but I think we're going to fail. And they all went so much farther, faster than, than anybody thought possible. And we since actually took the, skiing and snowboarding out of it, stripped it of the action sports requirements and ran about 500 people through the protocol is just like a peak performance aging training to see, you know, and a huge impact on everybody's, everybody's life. So we are definitely capable of far much more than we know later in life. And that includes um, learning really difficult, challenging physical skills that are really supposed to be impossible for folks who are over the age of 30. You just have to approach it in, in sort of specific ways. Okay. So for people who are listening, I mean, and I'm in, I'm in this age group as well. So I'm thinking I'm a decent skier, took up snowboarding recently, but being off the ground would actually, I definitely have some hesitation uh, for doing that. But you talk, mentioned that old dogs uh, can indeed learn new tricks. And I assume older humans can also be better at certain skills than maybe their, even their younger counterparts. Yes. And uh, let me just start by talking a little bit about the work of uh, Dr. Gene Cohn, the late Gene Cohn, who I think of him as one of the godparents of peak performance aging. Uh, he was the first director of the Center for Aging, the National Institute of Medi Mental Health. They had a Center for Aging. Um, he, he helped establish, he was the first director and he discovered something wild rather than like cognitive decline later in life. What he figured out is that as we enter our fifties, there are fundamental shifts in, uh, in the brain. Certain genes get turned on only by experience. We see the two halves of the brain start to talk together like never before. And we see uh, the brain start to utilize, underutilized real estate in new ways. As a result of that, as we enter our 50s, we turn on a legitimate suite of cognitive superpowers if we get it right. We get access to new levels of intelligence, abstract reasoning, problem solving, creativity. And this includes divergent thinking, right? Outside the box thinking the hardest to train aspect of creativity starts to really turn on in our 50s. Um, there's whole new levels of empathy and whole new levels of wisdom. And wisdom, if you're not familiar with it, it's a definable, definable biological trait. It's a neurobiological trait. It's We know exactly where it takes place in the brain and what it is and how it works. Um, and wisdom is actually really important because it's one of the things that helps make the brain impervious to cognitive decline. In the book, you show that aging well and achieving flow, that they go kind of hand in hand, right? And you and I, we've talked about flow in the past, norepinephrine, dopamine, uh, how it amplifies uh, pattern recognition. For new people, why don't you define flow for, for those listening? So flow is, uh, it's scientifically defined as an optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and we perform our best. And it refers to any of those moments of rapt attention, total absorption. You get so focused on what you're doing on the task at hand that everything else just starts to disappear. Sense of mm -hmm. self, self-consciousness is going to quiet down. Time is going to pass strangely. Usually it just gets so sucked into what you're doing that 
hours go by without you noticing. And throughout this experience, all aspects of performance, both mental and physical, tend to go through the roof. Um, huge amplification in, in skills and abilities. One of the things that to answer the next part of your question, you need to know is that flow states have triggers, right? We've talked about that before on this show, preconditions that lead to more flow. So if you want more flow in your life, these triggers are sort of your toolkit. Now, here's where it gets interesting when you start talking about peak performance aging and adult development, a whole bunch of stuff. The most important of flows triggers, as, as you know, I think we've talked about this on the show before, is the challenge skills balance. So shorthand for the triggers, flow follows focus. It only shows up when all of our attention is in the right here, right now. That's what all the triggers do. They drive our attention in the present moment. The idea with the challenge skills balance is we pay the most attention to the task band at the present moment when that challenge of the task of what we're doing slightly exceeds our skill set. So you're stretching, you're pushing on your skills, but you're not snapping. You're not overwhelmed and, and scared, right? Csikszentmihalyi, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, the godfather of flow psychology. It's funny. Everybody knows him as like the flow guy. And yet the bulk of his books were on adult development and flow's role in adult development one way or another. Um, he really spent a lot of his career there. And he ultimately argued that flow is the mechanism by which we grow up. Literally, it's how we mature. And the reason is because of the challenge skills squeeze spot, like every time we drop into flow, we're pushing on our skills, we're growing, we're becoming more adaptable, more complex, and we're a different person on the other end. And simultaneously, because flow automatically expands empathy, it allows us to see things from others' perspectives. Um, and, and wisdom, some of the same things you get in your 50s flow automatically expands for us along the way. These are the mechanisms of maturation as well, right? Like we're learning, we're developing new skills, we're gaining wisdom, we're gaining expertise. So his argument was flow is literally how we grow up. And interestingly, in the very last study he did, it was just published. He died a couple of years ago, but this was just published like three months ago posthumously uh, with a number of other great authors was he studied flow proneness in later life. And he wanted to know, do we ever stop craving flow? Does this engine of development ever go away? And it turns out, no, our desire to drop into flow stays consistent across our lives. The only time people see it tail off is at the very end of their lives as their physical skills start to decline, that there's a correlation there. Uh, but as our, you know, as, as regenerative medicine and longevity science and, and peak performance aging sort of extends our life, you know, past our the 80s into our 90s and, and beyond, that limit looks like it's going to keep moving out with it. And it's only like as the body totally starts to fall apart that our desire for flow seems to wane a little. And it may not even be our desire, desire that wanes, but it's our ability to get into the state. If you were to summarize peak performance aging in a single sentence, literally, it would be you want to have, uh, you want to engage in challenging creative and social activities that require a dynamic, deliberate, play-based approach to learning and take place in novel outdoor environments. That's literally the formula. And what you didn't hear me mention, nutraceuticals, supplements, diet, all the things like running on a treadmill, all the, going joining a all that people do to age well. I'm not saying that stuff isn't important, but it's nowhere close. I'll give you a funny example. The challenging social and creative activities, the social part. It is more important as we age to maintain social connections 
than it is to lose weight if you're obese or to mm. quit smoking. I often think with peak performance aging, people want to do the right stuff. They just don't know exactly what the right stuff is. And when you say dynamic, deliberate, play-based activities, you have to really define dynamic, right? That means hit all five aspects of functional fitness because you can keep your skills as we age, but you have to train strength, stamina, agility, balance, and flexibility on a regular basis. You have to make sure to engage your primary moving muscles and your stabilizing muscles. All those things are really, really, really crucial as we age. That's what dynamic is about, right? Which is why if you look at like skiing may actually turn out to be the very best sport for peak performance aging, which is not something that I knew in my research. It's actually something I learned last week, but it turns out that the single most important correlate for peak peak performance aging is strong legs. Leg strength correlates to preservation of physical health and cognitive function. Number one thing, and the most important thing about legs is loading them so you get increases in bone density. You can do that through weightlifting. That's really great. Um, Some of the stuff that people do for exercise as they age, they're told, oh, go swimming. It doesn't load the joints. Well, it also doesn't do anything for bone density. So it's a worthless exercise for peak performance aging. Running, terrible, because it breaks down bone density. Um, The two best things you can do is skiing because it's side to side motion that loads the bones slowly and or hiking with a weight vest. Um, Hiking with a weight vest will also load bone density. So dynamic is a very specific term when you're talking about peak performance aging, meaning it's got, you know, a very specific definition. But uh, I think that's in a sentence and it's exciting that you can say that out loud. Everything in that sentence is completely definitive. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of overwhelming data on it. There's also a lot of overwhelming data. I want to go back to one thing you said earlier about flow and aging. So when we're in flow, two of the things that the state provides us with is a sense of mastery, right? Because learning is and a, a feeling of control. That's one of the defining characteristics of, of flow is the sense of being in control, things you can't normally control. Turns out that feelings of control and mastery are among the two very best feelings humans get on this planet and both have really strong neuroimmunological consequences. So when we get feelings of mastery and control, it boosts T-cell production, right? So we fight off diseases with T-cells. Also boosts the production of natural killer cells, which is what Mm. targets tumors and other sick cells. Um, Simultaneously, as we move into flow, there's a global release of a, a nitrous oxide. It's a gas signaling molecule. And it basically pushes stress hormones out of our system. There are nine known causes of aging. All nine of them are linked to stress and inflammation. They're all linked to inflammation and inflammation is always linked to stress. When we move into flow, it resets the nervous system, pushes all of this stress out of our body. So flow underpins meaning and well-being and purpose and overall life satisfaction and happiness, and it boosts health and longevity. So flow isn't just like how we get a life worth living. It's how we get a whole lot more life worth living. What's um, one of the first things you would ask our listeners or our viewers right now to, to maybe start tomorrow? Where to start? How do you even start thinking about all this stuff? Got to start with changing your mindset towards the second half of your life if you haven't done that. The research is, is amazing on mindset and aging. There's copious 20-year studies that have found this, but when they look at the impact of mind, a positive mindset towards aging, meaning second half of my life is filled with wonderful 
possibilities. That's all you got to believe, right? It produces an extra seven and a half years of health and longevity. That's huge. Astounding. And if there wouldn't have been so many studies, it's just a 50 year stack of research that shows this. It would be hard to believe. Um, So you got to start by switching your mindset, at least have to start opening your mind to to what's possible in the second half of your life. You you heard it here that aging is a a mental event as much as is a, a physical event and a shift in mindset could actually add seven years to your life. Stephen Codler, I want to thank you so much for being on, on Quick Brain uh, for your with like fourth time. This is amazing. Um, where would you recommend people connect with you? Go to www.narcountry.com. And uh, we're, we, we are running an amazing pre-sale campaign. Coolest bonuses I've ever created, like $1,800 worth of free peak performance trainings for everybody who helps me out by, by pre-ordering a book. Amazing. Stephen, thanks for being on the show. Uh, everyone who's listening, uh, you'll learn that part of his core methodology is just one inch at a time. You know, these, these small, simple steps I recommend you everyone take one little step when you're done listening to this and it's going to the site, following Stephen on social media, making one small shift uh, with your focus because we know that flow follows focus, right? And so thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you leave a review, subscribe on our YouTube. We're coming close to 1 million subscribers there where you could actually watch this more extended version. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Until then, be limitless, everyone. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. 
I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for one hour, uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode. 